in making Alexander Das, it's built from, not from the perspective of me being a design student that went to art school or design school, but really understanding proper fits, proper measurements, and each frame really being built for a face from an opticianry perspective. Welcome to Fascinating Entrepreneurs. How do people end up becoming an entrepreneur? How do they scale and grow their businesses? How do they plan for profit? Are they in it for life? Are they building to exit? These and a myriad of other topics will be discussed to pull back the veil on the wizardry of successful and fascinating entrepreneurs. My book, Relentless, is now available everywhere books can be bought online, including Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. Try your local indie bookstore too, and if they don't have it, they can order it. Just ask them. The reviews are streaming in, and I'm so thankful for the positive feedback, as well as hearing from people that my memoir has impacted them positively. It is not enough to be resilient. You have to be relentless. You can go to therelentlessbook.com for more information. Thank you so much. Founder CEO of Alexander Doss, Alex Feldman, drives the vision and growth of the brand, including its design and distribution, retail presence, and e-commerce business. In 2006, Alex bought out his parents' small business in San Francisco, and after over a decade of working on the sales floor and styling thousands of politicians, athletes, celebrities, locals, and more, he found a gap in high-end eyewear and launched his eyewear brand, Alexander Doss. The collection focused on styles to fit narrow and petite faces, giving adults freedom from buying children's frames. We talk about what it was like to acquire his family business, if retail stores or e-commerce is more fruitful, and what his strategy for growth is. Now let's get right into it. My parents in the early days definitely tried to dissuade me from it. They had a different view on it. And at that time, they had a mom and pop shop. And so they didn't really see the big picture opportunity with the industry. And I, but I grew up around the store and I just loved it. I, I would have to help a lot. I, my dad would pick me up from school, take me to work, and I'd be stuck with doing inventory and stuff like that, like some parts I hated. But at the same time, that's what kind of drove my love for eyewear because getting involved with the frames and just seeing how cool they were, it was always there. So I was really interested in it from the beginning. And when I went to college, I studied biopsychology and I emphasized vision sciences because I was actually thinking to potentially go to optometry school to add that degree into the family business. But shortly before, as I was applying to optometry schools, I realized that while I'm passionate about vision, I think it's fascinating when you actually learn about it. The day-to-day job of being an optometrist was not exciting for me in terms of seeing patients and where I'm more into the business side of things and branding and marketing and creating something. And so I switched gears at that point and focused on the opticianry and brand side. What was it like acquiring your family's business? Did it cause any rifts? Was it awkward? <laughs> not speaking to one or the other? <laughs> no, it wasn't like that. But the process was a long process that started from originally me starting to manage the business for my dad. And eventually that just transitioned into me completely like running the company and with him being hands-off. And then eventually, this is over three, four, five, almost five-year period of time probably. And then eventually getting to the point where I fully took over and he exited. And the biggest problem we had is that my father, and I love him, 
so much and I would always have such great times with him. But whenever it came to business, it was just, we're both Tauruses and we both think we're right, but we have very different views on how things should be. And especially with me thinking more from a scaling perspective and growing while he's more mom and pop, just running the business the way that he's used to. And so we would just argue a lot about through the process that we can't work together, essentially, is what it came in. And that's ultimately, I think, was the final success in us creating that separation, him exiting, was that we butt heads too much and it's going to be better this way. Let me ask you this. I can imagine this. You're managing it for your dad. You're taking it over. You're trying to scale and grow. Your mindset is there. But then you're increasing the value of the company that then you have to turn around and buy. Yeah. So yeah. did you ever think, okay, I'm not going to do this deal right now because it's going to really increase how much money I'm going to have to buy this for? Or did you do it in that traditional sense? No, to me, and again, because I could have gone and just done my own thing, even in the eyewear industry and completely done a separate thing. But in my mind, it was always the concept of my dad needs to retire. My parents need to be able to retire. And really by taking over the business, it's me securing a retirement for them. And it's me now taking the role of the, my dad is still the head of the family, but taking on the role as like head of the family, like I'm the one that kind of will take care of it. I wasn't really overly concerned about whether I technically overpay or under, because it's family at the end of the day. Did you have a traditional business valuation and go through what, what you would in buying another business, due diligence. Uh, I knew the diligence because I, I, I knew the business. Yeah, I knew the book. It wasn't traditional and it was just more of a, definitely more father's arrangement to just make sure everybody's comfortable, which is, it's hard. <laughs> Where did the name Alexander Doss come from? So at a time of creating the brand and working on the original designs, going through that phase, I really a key part of what we're making is it's not just another eyewear line we're deeply rooted into optishery and the whole background comes from optishery so in making alexander das it's built from not from the perspective of me being a design student that went to art school or design school but really understanding proper fits proper measurements and each frame really being built for a face from an optishery perspective and das in Hebrew means knowledge and it has a very nice ring to it. And so I just thought it was a perfect fit because this line is being built from knowledge as opposed to, again, just simply design. You focus on glasses meant for people with narrow or petite faces, but do you also carry regular sized as well? Yes. Yeah. So when I first launched, one of the reasons that I decided to launch my own line was because I saw this gap in the market in the high-end independent boutique sector, there wasn't a lot of options for petite faces. And I did some research and found that off the top of my head, I think it was like 14% of men fit this size category and 33% of women. So it's a good amount of people, but they're often stuck buying kids frames or spending three times as long with an optician to find something and then in the end just settling. And so I thought it was a great niche that needed attention. And so I launched the first collection and the second collection really focused on that. So that's what we started with. But now as we've produced more and expanded, we do sizes of all the different sizes, especially there was so much demand for some of our styles because of certain celebrities. And we needed to make sure that more people could fit in that look. And so we started expanding to, so now we have a little bit of everything. Okay. So you're not wearing glasses. What is going on? 
I knew you were going to ask that. I don't have a prescription. My sight is still good, but it's starting to, I actually just had an eye exam a couple weeks ago because I'm starting to feel a little fatigued. And I think I'm about to make my first pair of usable prescription more for the reading zone. Have you ever thought that you should write a book, that you should write the story of your life to help other people learn from your experience? Please go to memoirsherpa.com and learn how I can help you write, figure out your publishing path, and market your story, your memoir, to a bestseller status. I made it to 49 years old with 2020 vision, which is interesting because everyone in my family, every single person, my dad, my two brothers, my mom, their parents all wore glasses and wore them young. Yeah. And I somehow got away with not having vision challenges. And so it's a little bit of a shocker to me to now have to go to an eye exam every year and then experience the price of glasses. <laughs> oh yeah. And of course, look, I got suckered into a very expensive pair. I don't even know who makes them. Are they progressive lenses? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I have, I have so many pairs of glasses. And I wear sunglasses all the time, but even eyeglasses, because over the years I've fallen in love with so many frames. I'm like, I have to wear them. Yeah. I mean, it them, makes you look cool. Right? Yeah. No, it's, or... it's just like the look. Yeah, exactly. It's like a different, yeah. just create a different persona. And I'll put Plano lenses in them. But the thing that happens, like I'll walk around and I'm fine. But then I sit down at the computer and because I don't need them to correct my vision, they're technically obstructing my vision in a way. And so I'll start at the computer. I'm like, you know, they're bothering me. And I take them off and then I don't end up wearing them. And so I have all these pairs that I've made for myself over the years that I don't end up wearing because you leave them on the desk. So I'm excited to end up having a use for them. But now too, the other thing is like they've made such, especially from those days, such advancements with the coatings, especially the anti-reflective coating. There's a new one that just came out, just came out, I think, earlier March, and it's a new improved version. It's reducing the glare by 70% and the increased contrast. And so I've tried those and actually even reading correction, I can tell the difference that it, with that increased contrast, like it just, things look sharper to me. That can open up the door. It's expensive though, but it can open up the door to a Plano lenses actually being helpful now. Are you personally doing the design? Of the frames, or are you just overseeing? Are you a creative director? All of the above. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing the design of the frames, and I have a production manager too that helps with the process. And yeah, so I'm, I'm still very hands on. I hope to eventually be more of overseeing the process versus being deeply rooted in the design process because it is hard for me. Again, I come in with the proper knowledge and I know what I want to do and what fits I want to make, but I get overwhelmed sometimes between figuring out the color schemes that we want to come out with and this and that, because that's not really my brain, but it's fun though. But and yeah, where so are I, they manufactured? So we do manufacturing in Japan and some of the new, we just released a newer like capsule collection and that one is being made in China. So we have a little bit of a mix, but mostly in Japan, we've done some Italy too. How has supply chain and shipping affected your business? There have been some delays, but I wouldn't say anything that has a, had a massive effect on us. There's the two parts, right? There's my production for my brand and our distribution, and there's the for our retail stores, we carry many other brands. And with some of them, they're definitely more delayed than they ever were. Like we'll place an order, and now instead of getting the new styles in two or three months, Literally, they're showing up seven months later, sometimes mm. with some of them, or like half of it will arrive, but then half of it lingers over the next six to seven months. 
So there's definitely a little bit of delay, but again, between all the selection and all the inventory that's actually out there, it's fine. Like the stores are still fully stocked. With my production, it's been pretty solid. And that's part of when we made some movement with the factories. Part of it was to get into having some extra options for making sure we don't have too many delays. So. Yeah. What is currently a bigger revenue driver for you, brick and mortar, retail, or e-commerce? Brick and mortar retail, for sure. Hmm. With e-commerce, I would say we're still trying to build it up. And I think there's more potential there, but we're not selling an inexpensive product. We're selling a expensive, but it is high quality. So like it's worth what people pay for it. There's values there, but it's something where really just personal attention is required. People come to us for our styling expertise we the experience that they get in store with our team and just in general and so that price point i think is something easier for a lot of people or it just makes more sense in person versus online but at the same time there's the a lot of our businesses the prescription side of it so prescription mm-hmm. sunglasses lens, yeah. and with that for really basic prescription online is fine but there's measurements required and so like with us the only reason i even launched e-commerce because I was very anti-e-commerce for eyewear. Again, from the opticianry perspective, making sure the lenses are made right. And there's some lenses that just you have to do in person because mm-hmm. if, with some, if people have like a really wild prism or this or that, you just need that proper measurement taking. But we developed a process to essentially mimic our mm-hmm. in-person measuring capabilities and to be able to do it virtually. So we have a process, it's very manual. So like even an online order with us, doesn't end up being like the click and it's going to arrive in my mailbox. It's, we I get couldn't put in my doctor's details and my pupillary distance and then hit order. No, you can, but we're still going to call you. No, okay. so that's, we still, every order comes in appear to it, and they follow up with that customer. And even if everything is there, like they said, like I have this frame, I have my seg height from my previous optician and I have my PD. We're still going to call them, talk them through the order. And probably still remeasure them with our method, even if they provide measurements, because we want to make sure. Everything is warranted at the end of the day, but the problem is that sometimes people will get glasses that seem fine. And so you think like everything is fine because your eyes can do that little bit of work where something is a little off, but they're doing work and you think it's fine, but it's not fine. It's wrong. And the measurement is off, whatever. And then slowly you're actually hurting your eyes by wearing it that way. Okay. So so at the end of the day, and we have, what, five months left of the year, what are you focusing on for scaling and growth for the company? My primary personal focus is the brand and the production. So we are scaling back up with our wholesale distribution. Through COVID, we had to pause with that between the travel and production and stuff like that. And so we are now building up our rep force again. So we have several boots on the ground at this point and going back and reopening accounts, showing them the new selection, getting them to bring stuff back in. And so that's where my passion is to build the brand and to get it out there. And so that's where the majority of my focus is. What would your BHAG be? What would you be like, oh my God, if we can just... I would love to have our stores on an international level, Mm. which is a little different from the product side, but it goes hand in hand because what's going to take us that level is having our product, our own brand. But that's my BHAG to having stores in Europe, Alexander Doss stores. 
For more information, go to the show notes where you're listening to this podcast. Want to know more about me? Go to my website, officialnatashamiller.com. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you loved the show. If you did, please subscribe. Also, if you haven't done so yet, please leave a review where you're listening to this podcast now. I'm Natasha Miller, and you've been listening to Fascinating Entrepreneurs.